Let the record show Taylor Swift listens to this podcast as well. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, look at my lower third. You call me Sully. I am now in my sixth full season here as a podcaster here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Follow us every day at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter. That's what it's called, right? Twitter, Instagram. You can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Make sure to subscribe to us here on YouTube. And if you're going to be posting anything on any of these wonderful and always useful social media sites, make sure you use that hashtag that says Everyday Sully. And I, I watched a little bit of football this weekend. I don't usually watch football. And, and not because I'm above it. It's just it's I, I don't follow the game. I don't follow the game. But uh, at the game right now uh, is right now going on right now between Kansas City and Buffalo. You know who won that. I don't. Actually, those of you who are watching the live stream, you don't know either. But I have the game off because I'm doing a little bit of a podcast right here. And now I see a couple of people already watching me here on the live screen. How you doing, Taylor? Taylor, get back to watching the game. Get back to watching Chiefs game. Your man is there. Go DM me later. So, uh, quickly, got to go through the trivia question. Uh, the trivia question last time was about one of the many players who went from the championship Red Sox teams of the 1910s to the championship Yankee teams of the 1920s. Obviously, Babe Ruth was the most famous one, but Carl Mays, who was the pitcher on the mound when the Red Sox won the 1918 World Series was one of the many players to go from the Yankee or from the Red Sox to the Yankees. And my trivia question was, what else was he famous for other than clinching the 1918 World Series? A couple of you got it right. Court Stell got it right. Uh, John Murphy Jr. got it right. I will use John Murphy Jr.'s answer because, as always, he is a little more verbose. Uh, trivia question answer on August 16th, 1920. Mays threw the pitch that fatally injured Ray Chapman of the Cleveland Indians, the only player to die as a direct result of an on-field injury. That's correct. That is correct. Uh, Carl Mays threw a pitch. It hit uh, Chapman in the head. Chapman died. And there you go. Um, the Cleveland Indians that year, that's what they were called. Cleveland Indians beat the Brooklyn Dodgers in the World Series that year. And uh, Chapman, the late Chapman's replacement, well, I'm guess, uh, pulled off the World Series only unassisted triple play in their history that year. It's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. Um, hey, a big move. Big, big move happened. The Houston Astros signed Josh Hader. And I think this is a, a, a tr absolutely terrific year uh, deal. It is a five-year deal. and. I believe that deals involving relief pitchers can be risky. Relief pitchers flame out. 
take a look at who wins the Rollays Relief Award or the Mariano Rivera, whatever it's called now. Go look at whoever wins one year and look at the and and like the top five finishers, and then look at them five years later. Look at them five years after that. You almost always see eighty percent turnover. There's just remember there's people who like they'll say 30, 40 games one year, and then two years later you're watching a game going, oh my god, are they still pitching? Relievers can burn out. There are really great ones who hang on. Uh, Billy Wagner is going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot this year, and maybe he'll get in. And to Josh Hader's credit, uh, Hader has been a an elite relief pitcher since, uh, really since 2019, although 2018, not no, 2018 really, is, uh, yeah, it was his first all-star year. And don't bother looking at win-loss record or saves. I think those are overrated. You saw he struck out 143 batters and only walked 30 in 81 in the third innings back in 2018. And he put up terrific numbers, 2018, 2019. Uh, Oddly, he had a down year the year he led the league in saves in 2020. The COVID year, again, don't bother looking at saves or win-loss. It doesn't tell anything. 2021, he was remarkable. And then he had a horrible 2022 when he was traded from Milwaukee to San Diego. Uh, And last year he was uh, just remarkable again with the Padres. So you know he's going to be good this year. Now, is he going to be good five years from now? Uh, Probably not, but that's not the point with the Houston Astros. What with the Houston Astros is they're going for it right away. You don't know what's going to happen with Alex Bregman's contract. You're not sure what's going to happen with Fran Valdez. You may see that Garcia... And Lance McCullers could be coming back. You don't know which version of Jeremy Pena you have. Remember, Jeremy Pena was Mr. Postseason when they won the World Series in 2022. Was the ALCS MVP against the Yankees. Was the World Series MVP against Philadelphia. Now, I maintain he should not have been the World Series MVP. I maintain that Framber Valdez should have been the World Series MVP. But I digress. He was still fantastic. Last year, he was so awful that in a clutch situation, in a critical situation, they had to use John Singleton, not the late director of Boys and Hood, the other John Singleton, to come up in a critical bases-loaded situation in the ALCS that could have been, if it went one way instead of the other, could have sent Houston to the World Series for the third straight year. Instead, Texas won the final two games, and here we go. But the Astros know that they are a team in an American league that could, should, and would be a team that should be heading with World Series images dancing in their heads. They are in a division with the defending World Series champion, Texas Rangers, who are going to be very good. They are in a division with the Seattle Mariners, who are, who are pretty good. They are in a division with the Angels, who, <laughs> and they are in the, the division with the Oakland Athletics. Watch this be the year they win the World Series. But they had a glaring need, and the need was in the bullpen, especially since they've lost several players to Frazier. They're going to lose Hector Neris as well. So putting Hayter into that bullpen is a really solid, solid move. Now, there are still the free agents who are out there floating in the ether. Uh, Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell are the two biggest pitchers there. And I, I still do not understand why the Baltimore Orioles 
with their razor-thin payroll, their microscopic payroll, coming off a 100-some-odd win season, and obviously they want to hoard all their prospects, well, fine. Sign one of them. Sign either Snell or Montgomery, and you've added to a starting rotation, and that would suddenly, and that would make the Orioles the absolute team to beat in the American League East. The Yankees are going to be better. Last year, the Yankees were not as bad as they were last year. When remind you, they they still won 82 games in their bad year, and I don't think they're as good as they were when they won 99 games. I think they're pretty much in the middle, which is I think they're a high 80, low 90 win team. I think the same could be said for Toronto. I think the same could be said for Tampa Bay. And if Baltimore just comes back a little bit, that's still a 95 some odd win team. This is the window of opportunity the Orioles have, and you have those 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 two good free agent pitchers just dangling in front of you. You're starting to see, keep in mind, pitchers and catchers report in less than a month. And to me, it's surreal that Snell and Montgomery are still available. The defending Cy Young Award winner of the National League is still available. A very good pitcher who was a key part in the Rangers winning the World Series is still available. Baltimore, jump, 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 jump. The Astros did the right thing. They have a glaring, they have good starting pitching. They've got a good lineup. They have holes in their bullpen. That's why the Astros are going to contend. It's your turn, Baltimore. You have a possibility of having an all orange uniform American League Championship Series. I don't think the Yankees are there yet. I know the Red Sox aren't there yet. Take advantage of this because if this door slams shut, and it can, because the Red Sox are starting to put something together. They're not going to contend this year, but they have some good young players on their team, and the Yankees may be starting to put some things together. I'm a broken record, but that's because I'm right. Basically, I've been talking a little bit about the Baltimore Orioles and why they need to just come in and pop the hood and start to get to work on their team as it is. Well, you know what? That reminds me a little bit of eBay Motors. Now, passion, drive, patience. And what brings home the winning trophy is also what brings your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need for maintaining your vehicles and leveling up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style ebay motors has got you covered with 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need and all the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com, eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers. Sorry, Canadians. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Hey, let's remind you all that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts at Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. 
Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Hey, we were just talking about streaming in that ad. Is ride or die a, a phrase people use? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Hey, John Murphy Jr., he's here. Hey, good morning. Uh, good evening, John Murphy Jr. Hey, uh, we read your response on the question of the day. Be sure I expect an answer from you when I ask today's trivia question. Uh, I am going to bring up a post that I got. I've been receiving a bunch of responses when I started talking about my ideas about streaming baseball. And more than one person has completely agreed with my premium subscription idea. Again, I'm not a socialist on this. I'm not saying baseball shouldn't be making money. I'm saying for the diehard fans like you, if you're if you're watching this live while the 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 Chiefs Buffalo Bills game is on, clearly you're a diehard baseball fan. And even if you're listening to this in the middle of January, you're obviously a diehard baseball fan. So it's for the diehard fans like us. This is the group that is willing to pay the premium. I'll pay $100 a year for it. And think about this scenario. And again, I brought up the setting it up for your mom and dad or the people who are watching a baseball game during the summer is a key part of the day. And the last thing you want to do is get a phone call from one of your parents and saying, Sully, that's what my mom calls me, Sully. Sully, I can't find the Giants game. Where is the Giants game? Okay, did you check Apple Plus? What's Apple Plus? Did you check Amazon? I'm not subscribed to Amazon. Did you check Peacock? What? Seriously. You want to avoid that. It's worth that. If you'll get $101 worth of peace if you subscribe to it and say, hey, look, it, it's on your TV. Click this. The MLB logo is there. Click on that. You can watch any game. There you go. There you go. And you've paid for that. And you can split the, that. You know, it's okay, uh, Apple Plus, you get this. Apple, you know, Amazon, you get that. And for everyone else who just dips their toe into it, they'll be on Amazon going, oh, I'll watch a game of it. Oh, I wish I'm watching it. And you have no games blacked out on the premium channel. You could still go to the other places to kind of draw the people in. But the diehard fans, you don't want to alienate. We found that out with movies. We found out if you get the diehard fans into a movie theater, other people want to participate. We are a social species. And we want to be able to have shared experiences. We've just had a couple of years. We were all locked in our homes and not having shared experiences outside. So we created new shared experiences, whether it was making bread, watching Tiger King or playing Wordle. So let's make baseball be one of those things. The way that everyone said, oh, let's all go see a Barbie movie or a film about Oppenheimer. Let's go see, let's all go see Top Gun or want to go watch a movie of a Taylor Swift concert. It becomes a communal thing and baseball could easily become that for the diehard fans. You please them, and everyone gets enthusiastic about that. For other people, they could dip in and out through, through Peacock or whatever. It's not hard to understand this concept. And I got a lot of people responding to it uh, and agreeing with me. And um, I'm going to read a couple of uh, responses that I got. Uh, Jonathan Curran. Um, where's, uh, where's, where's Curran here? Uh, he was saying... Uh, uh, Red Sox and Yankees have blackouts here in Ireland. 
So you would not fare well. Yes, I'd pay, but thankfully the Yankees have no blackout dates. Thank the Lord. Well, I don't know how much of the Lord has to do with that. Um, there was one person. Oh, here it is. Uh, Nomadic Brian. He wrote me a, 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 a post, and I think it's worth reading. I have Amazon Prime. I'm a Baltimore Oriole fan. I purchased MLB TV with about 100 games left last season. It started out great until I could not see a game. Then it was told there would be blackouts in the agreement that were clearly not stated when you sign up. Always good to get your fan bases angry. You know, I, I added that. If Peacock, ESPN, FS1, Apple TV, or whatever starts streaming service has it, I can't see it on MLB TV. That's right. You can't watch the ESPN game. And, of course, it says, oh, we expect you to be sitting down at your television watching it or pay for another service. I just paid a subscription for MLB TV to not have this happen. Plus, there are no playoff games on MLB TV. Exactly. So I think I saw only one game of the Orioles getting swept by Texas. Well, that's actually probably lucky for you. The blacked out or blocked game, I could only get audio. Mm -hmm. Knowing what I know, I can't get too excited that Amazon Prime may have baseball games. How could they just include them with Prime, given the way that streaming services divide up games and black or block or black out? Blacking out of games is insane. Not a single game should ever be blacked out. That's crazy. I will not pay extra for a single baseball game on Prime. I only care about the Orioles, and I want every game, including any playoff game they're in. Otherwise, it's a worthless product to me. I don't think I'm alone. I have money. I want an Oriole package. I will spend $100 for the season. Yes, all the games. No blackouts. If you get a one-team package, that means playoffs, World Series, usually go over the air, so that's okay. MLB, please take my money. I, I, this is a phenomenal post written by Dominic Bryan, and he's saying everything that I believe. It's basically, I want to pay you this. What I don't want to do is look all over creation for it. I've already paid for it to be on MLB. I don't want to go looking for it. I don't want to go hunting for it. I don't want to be angry about it. I want it to be simple, and I'm willing to pay for that. Casual fans won't. They'll jump around and everything like that. The diehard fans will, and they'll get excited about it. And maybe, just maybe, they'll get more and more people excited about it, and then they'll get the package. But he made another great point, which I've been saying for years. I'm a bit of a unicorn as a sports, as a baseball fan because I follow basically all the teams as much as I possibly can. Most people only care about their team. I know people who are diehard Yankee fans. They probably know the Red Sox, but that's just about it. I live here in L.A. County. People here care about the Dodgers. They don't know piddly-poo or care piddly-poo about anything other than their team. Baseball is regional. Baseball is provincial. Baseball is a very popular local sport, but not a very popular national sport. So if you black out the only games people want to see in an entertainment environment where all you got to do is move your thumb like this and you're watching something terrific, why would you black it out and reduce your fan base? So look it. Oh, there you go. My first look at it in the night. Make it so. We're out there. We're willing to pay. We're willing to pay and we will bang the drum on social media. But don't make it harder for the diehard fans to have what they want. You will make your money. And 
Do you what you could also do? You could spread ads throughout those MLB broadcasts of Apple TV and Peacock and Amazon and all of those things. And everyone will get their what they want, especially the fans. Remember this? We're the ones you should be catering to. There was a period of time where the idea of a big-budget superhero film was laughed at. That's true. There was a period when something like The Lord of the Rings was something like, oh, come on, only nerds watch that. We're not going to spend any money on that. And then people were lining up around the block to see it. Why? Because the diehard fans started making it a fun communal experience that other people wanted to participate in. So let's not be stupid. Let's not shut us out. We're willing to pay. So let's get on it, shall we? Reminding you again that Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7. It's a live one today covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Uh, hey, we've got a couple of people. We've got Roger Sweet in the in the chat. Uh, Dora Griffith is in the chat. John Murphy Jr. is in the chat. Uh, Tomas Reyes is in the chat. Um, hey, uh, Sam Kim says, then was stopping MLB from integrating the various streaming services, Sully? There must be a reason. I'm sure there is. And despite all rumors, I am not privy to those negotiations. I don't understand why. I, and I do think that baseball could be making piles of money if they do the, the premium subscription service and smaller subscription services. And I think they're alienating fans when they black out the games, the local games, which are pretty much the only ones that people care about. I've been reading a lot about the nomadic A's situation. Are they going to, where are they going to play? And by the way, if you're going to start playing hardball about leaving a city and moving out of a stadium, make sure you have a place to go to. And granted, the A's have had literally decades in Oakland where they've been trying to get a new ballpark, move to Fremont, move to San Jose, move to Howard Terminal, wherever. That didn't work out for whatever reason. And now they want to go to Las Vegas. Uh, they do not have a home. They do not have a home. And Las Vegas is not a slam dunk. Yes, a lot of things have been approved, but also a lot of things could fall apart in two or three years. I don't know. I don't want to stun you all, but sometimes there's corruption in Las Vegas. However, watch the movie Casino, okay? But... There's no way the A's are going to be playing in their big, huge new ballpark uh, on the side of the Flamingo Hotel in Las Vegas for the 2025 season. Do you know why? You could still get a room at the Flamingo Hotel. The Flamingo Hotel is still there. They haven't bulldozed it yet. And you've got those three seasons where we don't know where the hell they're going to play. And it's not going to be Oakland. Oakland's not going to say, hey, you know all the horrible things? Yeah, come on back. Come on back. They're probably going to hold up a big foam middle finger to them. And the Giants aren't going to do that. Why would the Giants uh, accommodate the A's? Go go F yourself. It's our regions. It's our regions. However, where are they going to go? 
Now, of course, there's the rumors of Sacramento and maybe Salt Lake City. There's, there's, I've been reading a bunch of things and watching a bunch of things. Um, wow, the A's basically promised the folks in Las Vegas that by the time they move in to the Bugsy Siegel Dome or whatever the hell it's going to be called, that they'll have a competitive team by then, that they're not going to be moving a minor league team into that ballpark, which means the next bunch of years, they're going to have to field, start to field a competitive team. And they're going to do it with, believe it or not, lower revenue than they've had in Oakland. If they play at the stadium in Sacramento, the A's had terrible attendance last year, but there would be a good-sized crowd in Sacramento, which seats about 10,000 people. There are a bunch of nights where the A's drew 10,000 people, or like 8,000 people, which looked like a huge crowd in Sacramento. But on those nights like reverse boycott night or fireworks night or bobblehead night where they do bring in twenty five to 30,000, they won't be able to then. They're not going to be able to have the type of uh, capacity in a ballpark for that. And they're not going to get the same media rights. They are going to have to increase their spending on their team while slashing their revenue. This is a, this is a calamity. This is where I think Major League Baseball should step in a little bit. Maybe treat the next three years as city auditions. There's There are three major cities that look like could be potential landing spots for a Major League Baseball team. Portland, Oregon, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Nashville, Tennessee. I've made the point that if the A's have to move, I thought Portland would be a much better place than Las Vegas. Nashville is certainly a better place. Nashville, I think it would be a tremendous, a baseball team would be a tremendous success there. I think Montreal will do well, could do well with the team, but maybe you play one year in Portland, one year in Nashville, and one year in Charlotte with the A's uh, and sort of see the type of fan base and see the type of reaction and sort of get a sense of what you can have there. How is that worse than playing in a minor league city like Sacramento or or Salt Lake City, where there's going to be little to no interest in the team? There'll be a tiny novelty effect maybe at first. Were you expecting huge crowds in Sacramento to see what is essentially a minor league team? And the fans in Sacramento, if they were big diehard fans, could drive the hour some to Oakland to go to have seen the, some of their games over the last few years. They weren't really doing much of that, were they? Oh, it's such a catastrophe. I mean, maybe use it as a springboard to audition other cities to sort of get a sense of how they would react to a ball club. You know, in a weird way, uh, the COVID year was, the year after the COVID situation was that with uh, uh, playing games in Buffalo. Remember when Toronto did that? Oh, that was just so weird. That was so surreal. I so wanted them to win a World Series in Buffalo. But that's neither here nor there. Maybe be creative with this because the idea of putting the A's in a situation where they're going to be making less money in Sacramento but forcing them to put together a decent product before someone breaks their legs in Las Vegas is a calamity. Nothing short. Well, we have a full weekend, a full week of shows this week coming about, including the Hall of Fame announcement, which is going to be on Tuesday. 
I mentioned I'm going to do my predictions for the Hall of Fame, my own picks. If I had a ballot, who I would be voting in, who are on the ballot. And then the third part will be my reaction to when um, probably Adrian Beltre and well, I do want, I'm not going to, I'll keep my powder dry. I do think Adrian Beltre is getting in uh, this year. There's a couple other I think are getting in. Uh, so the trivia question is going to be an expansion trivia question here. It involves the New York Mets. When the New York Mets played their first year in 1962, they were playing in the old polo grounds, the home, the former home of the Giants. Which pitcher started the first ever game for the New York Mets? Which pitcher who went on to be a successful manager started the first ever game for the New York Mets? That's a trivia question. Put it down here at Lockdown MLB uh, on the YouTube page or on Twitter or whatever it's called now. Locked on MLB pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. But Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast. On Instagram, talking about the Astros improving, the Orioles dragging their heels, TV rights shouldn't be this complicated, and the A's, you what? You did this to yourself. This has been Locked on MLB for the 21st day of January 2024. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Okay, Taylor, you can call me now if you want.